Hello and welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Yui. It's a massive, massive week uh, in NRL Fantasy, probably the biggest week of the year with the team list out. Here to talk everything NRL Fantasy in round one with me is fantasy enthusiast Don Brock. Don, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Huge, huge week. I still don't know what my team's going to look like by the time the round starts, but uh, that's what we're here to talk about, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. I made a thousand changes yesterday before we even got the teams and many, many more since, so let's, uh, let's delve right into it. Um, first of all, quick apologies if the sound quality is a slight dip from last week. The, uh, the studio is massively busy this week. Um, but tearing into round one, Thursday night, out at Cogra, exciting, uh, exciting start to the season. The Dragons up against the Broncos. Um, let's kick off with the home team, the Dragons. Um, key points, Ewan Aitken, pass fit at centre. Yep. Um, Tarek Sims gets the starting spot. Luciano Lelua on the bench. Um, Matt Dufty a bit underpriced at fullback and plenty of guns in the forward packs. What do you make of the Dragons? Yeah, that, they're the main talking points. Um, Aitken and uh, Leilua, I guess, were the two players that uh, fantasy coaches were hoping to get a run. Leilua's going to come off the bench, which pretty much ends his chance of being a real star cash cow this season, unless they make changes earlier on. Um, you know, in the forwards, they've got a stack of fantasy stars. Uh, James Graham there this year, Paul Vaughan, McGuinness, uh, Jack DeBellin as well. So they'll be, you know, similar to what they were in previous years, you'd expect. Uh, Dufty's a bit of a wild card at fullback. Um, could be a star, we don't know. But, um, yeah, you got any of these guys in your team at this point? I don't currently. I was kind of hoping I could uh, afford to fit in someone like a McInnes or a Vaughan mm-hmm. and uh, I think Matt Dufty's a bit underpriced but with plenty of other good fullbacks uh, floating around I haven't been able to fit any Dragons into my uh, my round one team at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, as we've said, you know, stacked full of fantasy stars but you're looking for underpriced guys this year so the Dragons aren't necessarily that attractive right now. I was thinking this game the way to tell a, a diehard fantasy coach, apart from the average NRL fan, is everyone else is going to be watching this game to see Ben Hunt take on his old team. Yeah. <laughs> fantasy coaches will be watching to see how Jermaine Asako goes in the week. Um, his... Priorities are in order exactly. for us fantasy types. Well, let's talk about Jermaine and the rest of the Broncos team because there's a little bit more value on offer there. Um, like you said, Asako gets the, the wing spot, even though Corey Oates has indeed been named on mm-hmm. the other wing. Um, guys like Jonas Pearson haven't made the cut. Um, Tom Upacek also not in the team um, Jack Bird potentially to come back in a few weeks which probably ca- happens in, in place of Isaaco with Kahu to push out to the wing but we'll find out in a month or so uh, elsewhere in the team Andrew McCulloch a slightly early return from an ACL injury to take the starting hooker spot so in, any of those sort of potential utility cheapies they had uh, are out of the equation uh, Matt Lodge a lot of people are talking about for various reasons but he's cheap and he starts in the front row um, you got many Broncos in your team? Yeah so Lodge like a lot of players um, a lot of fantasy coaches I have him in my team um, Azako as well I think in the reserves um, I think this team list is quite encouraging for him even though as you said he will probably bump out when uh, Jack Bird returns. It looks like he's the first backup for any of those outside yeah. back positions. So if a winger's down, he comes in. If a fullback's down, you know, he played at fullback with Darius Boyd out during the preseason. Um, and if a centre is out, it looks like Kahu's going to move to centre and Azako in the wing. So even if he plays three games now and then some time you know, mm. on the sidelines, he could come back any time. So at a really cheap price, I think he's a pretty safe bet for that. One of those bench spots. Well, yeah, he played fullback in the trials, and Darius yep. Boyd's had a few hammy problems of late. And uh, like you said, with guys like Kahu who can play centre or wing, it, yep. it looks like Isaaco is the first choice backup for pretty much anyone in the back five who goes down once uh, Jack Bird's back. So it's pretty good for his prospects. 
Um, Matt Lodge, uh, you don't have to like the fact that he's playing in the NRL, but if you're a fantasy coach, you're probably doing yourself a disservice not to look at his uh, his potential fantasy outputs. He is very cheap, and he's starting in the front row. Got a bit of ball playing about him, and probably set for big minutes as well. Yeah, and I think even though McCulloch's been named at hooker officially, there has been a lot of talk about Sam Friday starting the game at hooker and McCulloch coming off the bench. He's coming back from injury, so that could easily happen this week. Uh, long term, he'll still be an 80-minute player, but yeah, don't be stunned if he doesn't have a huge score in round one. Any love for anyone else in the team? Some of the more steady-as-she-goes prospects. I know, you know James Roberts had a few good years as a, a decent scoring centre. People look at Anthony Milford as uh, slightly erratic but potentially uh, dangerous option in the halves. And uh, I've had a few questions already about Josh Maguire. Yeah, Maguire's really popular this year. Um, I think he'll be roughly similar to previous years. He might go up a little bit with the Broncos missing Adam Blair, but then again, Lodge takes those points. So, yeah, I think Milford's the most interesting one of them. Um, I think he'll be the real dominant playmaker for the Broncos this season uh, after Ben Hunt's exit. So he's not in my team, but um, as a bit of a wildcard option in the centres, I don't I don't mind him as a, as a gamble. So much to talk about, and they're only one game in. Let's move on to the second game. It's the Knights v Manly, 6pm Friday up at McDonald Jones Stadium. Newcastle Knights, this is a completely unrecognisable team from last year. There's value everywhere. There's heaps and heaps of good fantasy options um, from, from Callum Ponger at yep. fullback, a new look halves combination. You know, Connor Watson may be underpriced after getting limited minutes for the Roosters last year. Now he's starting. Um, you know, Herman SASA starting in the front row. Uh, heaps of good options here. What are your thoughts on the Knights? Yeah, so Ponga is going to be really popular. He could be a, you know, a fantasy star, potential 50-point player or 45-point player. Um, SESE and Griffin are the kind of surprises. SESE starting in the front row, as you said. Uh, Griffin, the starting hooker, and they've got enough faith in him to drop Danny Levi out of the whole 17. Yeah. So. Um, his minutes look reasonably good, even if he gets benched early on. He should... You can play in the back row as well. Um, there aren't any other real specialist hookers in that team now. So Connor Watson can be a utility and shift there at some point in the game. Jamie Bureau can play a bit at hooker, but Griffin should get, what do you think, 50, 60 minutes probably? I'd probably guess about 60 minutes. Yeah. I, I, it sounds like the um, the plan is for Brock Lamb, if there's no injuries, yeah. for Brock Lamb to come on in the halves and Connor Watson to, to fill in at hooker, although that's, I don't know how... Um, much energy left left if you play mm. 60 minutes in the halves first to then try and go to dummy half but I guess the worry for me is if it's not working after a couple of weeks to stay sure. Levi come back in and then who misses out is Griffin back to the bench playing 20 minutes because he's in my team at the moment but I'm a little bit concerned about his job security yeah Nathan Brown has made a habit of making you know huge changes week to week for the Knights in recent years um, you know they should have a more settled team with a lot of stars this year but again there's a lot of new faces working out combinations could take a little while so yeah griffin could easily bounce to the bench or out of the team um but you know round one you've got to take gambles i don't i don't mind it as an option his break even's only 26 so if he plays 50 minutes at hooker he could double that what about um what about Mitch Pierce? He's been one of the gun halves of the past few years. He's probably not going to get those twenty line break assists and twenty yeah. try assists this year that he's got in previous years. Although you know he might, um, but he's also going to be a, a very much a focal point in terms of leading the team around. He already got massive kick meters, but with uh, with Connor Watson next to him rather than Luke Carey last year, you'd think that might even elevate further. Yeah, if he if he sticks around, I mean, if he and Connor Watson are the halves all season, then his kick meters should be massive. Watson barely kicks. Uh, as it is, Callan Ponga does a bit of kicking, but Pierce will be the main man. Um, the presence of Brock Lamb, I think, makes a lot of this 
quite interesting. He's obviously not too far away from getting back in that starting team if he's got a spot on the bench. Yeah. As a specialist half, he's not really a utility, he's a half. So when he's on the field, he kicks a lot as well. Um, he and Pierce could kind of split it, you imagine, if they play next to each other. Uh, Watson, you know, in a month's time, maybe he goes back to being the bench utility, which would hurt Pierce's uh, kick meters if Lamb's doing kicking. Um, yeah, so it does raise a bit of a question. I think Pierce will be a safe 50-plus scorer either mm-hmm. way. Watson, I think, is the real question mark now. With uh, with Lamb just there on the bench, they could easily swap that round. His minutes could go back to the old kind of 35, 40 mm-hmm. minutes he used to play the Roosters. So um, Connor Watson's a guy who has been in my team in preseason, but isn't at the moment, you know, mainly for that reason. Yeah, I've got, I think, Ponga, Connor Watson, and Slade Griffin all in my, my 21-man squad at the moment. We'll see if that lasts through to... Um, the start of the round. Moving on to their opponents, the Seagulls, some absolute guns uh, floating around, the likes of the Travojevic brothers, Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. Um, not a, a whole host of changes from, from last year, but Lockie Croker at 5.8 is probably the most appealing one for fantasy coaches. Yeah, I feel like just about everyone who's really paying attention will have Lock and Croker in their squad yep. somewhere, maybe deep down on their reserves, but somewhere in the team. Um, I don't expect him to be a huge scorer, but if he can get 25, 30 points a game, that would be great. Money-wise, he's um, pretty much base price. Uh, the fact he won't be a big scorer means Daly Cherry Evans probably will be. Um, he's already a roughly a 50-point player. That could go up. Um, playing next to an inexperienced half compared with uh, Blake Green last season, so I don't mind Cherry Evans as a keeper in the halves. Uh, Adam Fanil Blake's got a starting spot this week and for the first couple of rounds yeah. at least um, with Darcy Lussick out uh, Fanil Blake played about 35 minutes a game last season he's a bit of an impact guy so I don't know how much those minutes will increase he hasn't mm. been a huge fantasy scorer in the past but can you know, bust a tackle he can indeed so um, yeah so he's an option they're the main talking points the um, uh, you know the stars in the team um, to power the Trebojevic brothers are both are all three of them are, are rock solid fantasy players so you can't really go wrong with those guys, even if they don't improve that much mm. this season. Suggestion during the week that uh, Daly Cherevans might actually be the first choice goal kicker yeah. um, this season. Dylan Walker hasn't really grabbed it in the past, although Matt Wright is starting in the centres until Dylan Walker gets back, so he's uh, a pretty experienced goal kicker, so I'm not sure what that's going to do this weekend. Yeah, I mean, if he does have a kicking as well, DCE, then that just makes him even more valuable as a half, so... Um... Yeah, a pretty good option if you have a bit of spare cash to spend on a half, which most people, I think, don't at this point of the season. Absolutely. Just a quick reminder that the NRL Fantasy League is sponsored by Yui. Yui customers have saved over $1 million with Yui Rewards and offers like $30 off $200 NRL shop gift cards. Visit yui.com.au slash rewards for details. Very smooth plugs. Moving on to the North Queensland Cowboys versus the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, Friday, the second game up at 1300 Smile Stadium. Uh, Cowboys have lost Lachlan Coote for the uh, the opener with Ben Hampton moving to fullback. Um, Jonathan Thurston, Matt Scott and Jordan McLean are the big additions to the side from their run to the grand final last year. Jason Tamalolo probably going to be a force of nature again, but maybe not quite as crucial to the team's plans with those other big-name forwards uh, returning or, or joining the lineup. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, Tamalolo will still probably be their best fantasy scorer this year, but it's hard to see him matching what he did last year. He was enormous, would make... You know, at least one or two hit-ups every set, made 200 metres a game, lots of tackle breaks. Um, as you said, they're, they're now stacked in the pack with Matt Scott back in the team, Jordan McLean there as well. So I can't see him improving, let alone, you know, or even holding his, his value. He'll still be good, but not as good as last year. Um, Thurston should improve. Uh, he's been a star in the past. 
But again, the question mark is how much he'll split the playmaking duties with Michael Morgan. So, you know, hard to know there whether he'll be a 50-plus scorer this year as he has been in previous years. And, uh, yeah, Ben Hampton, um, I hope people don't get sucked in and bring Hampton into their team because he'll be starting fullback this week. Uh, Coote might be out for a little while, but he'll be back at some point and Hampton will then go back to a to a bench player and not mm. score many points. So he's a bit of a trap, I think. He can, as we saw last year, he can score a yeah. in fantasy when he gets his chance, but being that utility backup, he's, uh, he's potentially a chance of having a run of games where he's only playing 15 minutes off the bench, which can really, you know, completely ruin his, his price rises. Uh, Scott and Thurston both maybe a little bit underpriced yeah. after injury-affected seasons last year. Thurston also gets uh, some benefit from the, the dropouts forced yeah. as a scoring category this year, worth two points each. Um, so let's move on to the Cronulla Sharks. Certainly some points of interest here. Probably the big one for me is rookie winger Sione Katoa getting a start on the right wing. Um, elsewhere in the team, you've got guys like Andrew Fafida and, and Paul Gallen who are going to be good again. Yeah, Katoa could be anything. Um, rookie wingers can go you know, a couple of ways. You can get a Nick Kotrick who's a tackle break machine and scores 40 points a game and goes straight to being a fantasy keeper which is what we all hope Sione Katoa does. He looks he looks the goods, you know, he breaks yeah. tackles, he scored tries in both uh, the Sharks trial games. So hopefully he gets lots of ball and uh, lots of metres and a few tries. Um, apart from him, you know, Fafita and Gallen are the established guns. Fafita might be a little underpriced this year, not that he's cheap. Um, Chad Townsend, I think, could be a bit underpriced as well, playing mm. alongside Matt Moylan. Um, he could be a bit of a smoky one of those halves that's a little underpriced, but not a absolute bargain. Yeah. Uh, you spot anything else in this uh, in this team? Well, on Chad Townsend, he's another one that's going to benefit hugely from the the dropouts yeah. force. And he's we're still not entirely sure who the goal kicker is going to be, but it sounds like Townsend was hitting the exactly. best at training through the preseason. Although Moylan did kick a bit in the trials, and, and Val Holmes averages just over seventy percent. Uh, off the tee at NRL level, but uh, could be some upside to, to Chad Townsend. For me, Katoa is a, an absolute must-have, as yeah. an absolute bargain basement buy. I watched him in the trial out at Sharp Park against Manly, and he was coming in field looking for work. He was he had a couple of runs where he broke four or five tackles in, in one run, um, finished off a really nice try, and was very unlucky not to get a, a second one in that game. You know, obviously the proviso, it's only a trial, but the, the signs couldn't really be much better for, for Sione Katoa. And also, he's got their through merit rather than through injury. So he's beaten out guys like Aaron Gray in the absence of uh, Jared Beale, who's gone to the Warriors. So he's not waiting on an injured player to get back and take his spot. It's, it's his spot to lose. Do you think he's worth gambling on in your starting 13? There's a lot of teams who spend big in other positions and have to rely on a yeah. cheapie in the back three. I think... Uh, yeah, absolutely, because you you look at your wing fullback position, everyone's going to have one out of, you know, Tedesco, yeah. Tom Travojevic, Callum Ponga, if not two of those guys, yep. and you just, you're going to get to a point where you're going to need a couple of cheap guys, probably in your in your playing 17. Um, he's in my playing 17 at the moment, and I, I'm pretty confident that he should average over 30 this yep. year. Nice, fingers crossed. All right, move on to uh, ANZ Stadium on Saturday afternoon. West Tigers v the Sydney Roosters. James Tedesco up against his old team. Um, Cooper Cronk at his new club. Tigers are completely overhauled. Um, Tui Lola here, after some uh, conjecture through the preseason about his weight and so on, has uh, returned to the starting fullback role. Corey Thompson gets the wing spot after blitzing the preseason. David Nofaluma a surprised emotion to reserve grade. Uh, SR Masters, who showed some really good signs 
last year, potentially in a duel with Lola here for the goal-kicking role. Mm-hmm. Um, heaps going on here. A couple of new forwards as well. Peter Godney is a surprise start in number nine. Where do we start with the Tigers? <laughs> I might even start with someone you haven't mentioned yet. Robbie Rocco has got to start um, yeah. in the second row, number 12. Uh, his break-even is only 21. So if he keeps that spot, and there are some question marks about job security, there's a few... Uh, Tigers forwards who could challenge him. But if he keeps the spot, he looks very good value if he plays big minutes. Um, yeah, the the reshuffle in the back line, uh, Corey Thompson had looked like he was going to get the fullback spot ahead of Lola here a week or two ago. Um, the fact he's playing on the wing is a bit of a worry. If he's not a tackle breaker like Sione Katoa is, he might only score 15 or you know high teens every week, which is not worth it really in your team. Um, we'll wait and see. Otherwise, yeah, Godinay, as you said, uh, is the surprise starting hooker. He's actually not in fantasy yet, but will be by certainly by uh, Wednesday night, tonight, as we record this. Um, yeah, Benji Marshall on the bench is fun to see him back in the old team. I don't know, have mm-hmm. you got any of these players in your team? I, uh, I've sort of undernarred on a few of these guys, and they've, they've sort of gone in and out of my team. I think I'm sitting on, uh, well, I'm not sitting on Peter Godinay yet, but I'm because yeah. he's not in the team, in the in the system, but I'm, I'm eyeing off him as a replacement potentially for Silva Havili, who we'll get to later, because yep. um, I just like his, uh, he's more of a, a dynamic player um, rather than a, a tackler like Havili, which is potentially good for fantasy. Um, I was running with Thompson, but like you said, on the wing, it's not quite as appealing. He, is, he has been pretty keen through the preseason. He's got plenty of metres, but a lot of those have come uh, at fullback. Yep. Um, you mentioned Robbie Rocco. Those of us who have been playing fantasy for a few years remember him as a pretty reliable tackler. Yep. Um, certainly when he was at Newcastle, he, he used to average, what would you say, mid-40s, yeah. low to mid-40s. 40, so, 45, yeah. Yeah, lots of upside there for him. Um, just on their bench, I don't think Benji Marshall's an option as a bench utility. Um Alex Twiles, a reliable 40s scorer, starting or off the bench, I think, but not a lot of upside there. Matt Eisenhuth, who was a fantasy gun in his, when he was starting towards yeah. the end of last year, um, I think will drop some cash, actually, in the opening rounds coming off the bench, but if he gets a starting role later on, he could be a discount option to pick up. Yeah, and two big names missing from that 17 who are in the reserves. Tane Milne, who a few weeks ago was uh, everyone's favourite cash cow in the centres, now looks like he's not going to play at all. And uh, David Nothaluma, a bit of a shock uh, axing this week, tackle break machine uh, when he does play so he could easily if things go wrong for the Tigers get a run on the wing at some point bumping out Thompson maybe or Lola here if they reshuffle again Mm. and the Tigers do have a very rough start of the season so I wouldn't be surprised to see a few changes early on yeah really tough draw and uh, like you mentioned Nofaluma he actually re-signed I think last year for long term so you'd have to think he's in their future plans so could be back in the team sooner rather than later for Thompson or potentially Malachi Watanis-Lesniak moving on to the Roosters mentioned uh, James Tedesco and Cooper Cronk a bit earlier Um, Siwa Takeahu starting at prop and potentially kicking goals Uh, it's between him and Latrell Mitchell Uh, what do you make of the Roosters? yeah a bit of interest in that forward pack with Takeahu in the front row, Isaac Liu at lock. Liu at lock. Um, they've both got break evens in the mid thirties, which they can, you know, both beat pretty comfortably if they play big minutes. Um, the goal kicking is really handy for Takiyaho as well. Um, you know, our man Mitch Orbison's still in the second row, break even thirty nine. If he stays there all year, he'll outscore that. If he moves to centres, he won't. So probably one to avoid again. I prefer uh, Latrell Mitchell in the centres this year if he can finally show some consistency. He's a real attacking threat. Um, the Roosters, I think, will win the first you know, six or seven of the first eight games, so he could get in amongst the tries. Uh, Tedesco as well, obviously. Um, 
already a star. We've spoken about him a bit already this preseason. Um, he could get a monster score against his old team first up. Mm, yeah, you mentioned Mitch Orbison. I actually spoke to him out at a Roosters media session yesterday and asked him, are you going to be a, you know, a starting back rower all year? And he sort of <laughs> laughed and said, yeah, I sort of get this at the start of every season. And then, you know, halfway through the season, I played six different positions again. So um, I think he knows he's that sort of, you know, all-round utility value guy who's going to end up with games where he's on the bench or, or playing at centre. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, the Mitchell Orbison rule still applies. Still in effect, yep. Um, Elsewhere, I do have James Tedesco in my team at the moment. It's a lot of money to spend. Um, I think we're all expecting to get more tries this year than last year, but the the potential flip side there is that he won't be as much of a um, a, a focal point uh, for the Roosters' attack as what he was for the Tigers' attack last year, and he may not sort of see quite as much action. Yeah, I think it's it's almost half an emotional decision to get Tedesco in because. If you've played before, you've probably experienced starting the season with him not in your team and seeing him score 75 points in round one, you know, 60 in round two, and think, why did I not buy him round one? At this yeah. point of the year where you can buy anybody you want, um, I think it's a nice, easy choice to make to, to buy Tedesco. If he mm. flops, you can trade him out for just about any other fullback. So yeah. I really like him as a buyer. Like like you say, I think the worst case scenario for Tedesco, other than getting injured, but worst case is still going to be about that 50 points a game, just given how how good he is. He scored, I think, two tries in their last trial against Manly. One was a ridiculous um, 0-9 Jared Haynes-style chip and chase for himself. And he scored five tries all year last year. Yeah, exactly. He'll he'll beat that easily. Sounds looking good. All right, we head over to Perth for the first half of the doubleheader. The Rabbitohs up against the Warriors. A um, few points of interest in the Rabbitohs. Um, Greg Inglis is, in fact, fit. He'll start the season off at centre. Um, Richie Kenner, a bit of a cheapie on the wing. Um, Cody Walker's been a reliable scorer in the past. Damian Cook beating Robbie Farah to the hooking role with Farah, not even in a 17, I think is uh, lots of value there. Mark Nichols, a cheapie in the starting pack. And Tavita Totola, who I don't know a lot about, a rookie on the bench. Yeah, there's heaps to talk about with South. Um, they were a bit of a, a, a real target fantasy team a few years ago when the Burgess brothers emerged and Adam Reynolds was a rookie, and they're kind of a, that, looking like that again this year, not for those players, but for all those guys you mentioned. Uh, Richard Kennard's really cheap on the wing, looks like he's got that wing spot, so, and he's a dual position in fantasy as well, so very handy uh, reserve to have in your team at the least. Uh, Mark Nichols is also very cheap. Um, he'll be dual position front row and second row. He's starting uh, in the 10 jersey, break even of 16, so another good backup option in your squad. Uh, Greg Inglis has a break even in the mid-30s. You'd hope he scores at least that in the centres, and ideally more than that if and when he moves back to fullback. Uh, Damien Cook's the real big buy here, I think. Uh, yeah. Same price as Inglis, but he looks like he's going to play 80 minutes at hooker. He was fantastic against the Dragons in preseason. Uh, you know, he could score 55 points a game and be sensational value. So, um, yeah, he looks the best by Cameron Murray is a guy a lot of people have in their teams in the preseason, hoping he was going to get a run at lock. He's on the bench this week. Uh, that could change in the weeks to come. Maybe Nichols gets bumped out. Sam Burgess goes to front row, Murray to lock, who knows. But at this point, probably too hard to, to buy him seeing as he's on the bench. Mm. We've gone through the whole team and not mentioned Angus Crichton, who was probably <laughs> the fantasy story of, of last year. Is it just because... Given his price and a little bit of a worrying injury history, and the fact that he is off to the Roosters in 2019, he might potentially drop down the uh, the you know the pecking order in terms of coaches' favour. Yeah, you ideally want people who are going to improve this year, and Crichton. It's hard to see him improving on last year. He was so good. Um, the Roosters factor, I don't think, will matter early in the season, but later on, especially if there's emerging guys like Murray uh, impress 
Crichton could see more bench time, um, depending on how the Rabbitohs are, are going. So there's a few little question marks. He'll probably be great again, but there's probably other places to spend your cash. Absolutely. So they play the Warriors, um, who are always a little bit of a lottery when it comes to NRL fantasy. Um, plenty of changes in their forward pack, basically week to week. They're missing Simon Mannering with a shoulder injury. Sounds like he'll miss more than one game, but not out long term Um, in the interim Isaiah Papali who's still a teenager I think starts in the second row and Lingy Sau um, back in New Zealand after a stint at Manly um, as of I think last year he was back there but he starts in the 13 jersey Um, rookie utility Sam Cook he's probably more of a 5'8 but he's been playing some hooker at trials Mm -hmm. he makes his NRL debut off the bench um, and obviously the in the backs, Petty Hiku's got a bit of uh, attention through NRL fantasy circles uh, joining the club, and he's nice and cheap as well. Yeah, exactly. So there's these really cheap guys who look tempting in fantasy, but there's question marks about all of them. So Papali and Sao in the, in the back row, as you said, um, if they can score 25, 30 points a game, they, they'll be making money. But mm. how long will they be staying there when um, Mannering inevitably comes back? One of them's going to drop out, you would expect. Hiku hasn't been a great fantasy scorer in the past, but uh, he only needs 30 points a game to you know, make enough money, make probably 150k in mm. fantasy. That's his average, I think, when he's playing the centres, so pretty safe bet, um, but it's hard to say anyone's a safe bet in this Warriors team, to be honest, mm. um, outside of Sean Johnson and Simon Mannering. So, uh, yeah, you're not risking that much on those guys because they're so cheap. Uh, Hiku looks the one with the best job security, uh, the other two, I'm not sure on, but if you've only got a little bit of cash to spend and are happy to make a gamble, um, Papali or Sal aren't terrible options. Mm. I guess they're not a risk in terms of losing money, but they are a risk in terms of losing their spot. You even look at that team, um, I think Albert Vete's got a week or two suspension carrying over from the end of last year in the uh, ISP competition, so he's going to come back for someone um, in the next week or two. Guys like you know Bunte Afor on the bench, he could come into the starting pack as soon as next week or even in, in late teams. I think there's just a bit too much uncertainty over their side for mine to be jumping on these cheap forwards. But um, we haven't mentioned their potential guns, which is Roger Tuavasa-Shek at fullback and Sean Johnson, who's a perennial favourite in the halves. Yeah, Johnson's um, been a keeper for a few years. Tuavasa-Shek hasn't been as good at the Warriors as he was uh, at the Roosters when playing fullback. So, um, yeah, I don't, haven't heard much talk of anybody having two of us a check in their team just mm. because you've got the likes of um, Tedesco around and the, and the cheaper options but who knows this could be his year he's capable of scoring 50 points a game but mm. he probably requires the Warriors to uh, improve as a team to do that um, and who knows when the Warriors are going to live up to yeah. their live up to their potential I think just given the spot he would be likely to occupy in your 21 you look at him and you look at Callum Ponga and they sort of yeah, offer similar exactly. things but Ponga's got more upside and starts a bit cheaper so it's, you, you're going to take him over over two of us a check um, we'll move on to the second half of the double header the Bulldogs v the Storm which is also at Perth starting off with the Bulldogs Moses Zembai the new face at fullback Kieran Ford and Matt Frawley the halves combination um, Michael Leish there's been some buzz about him unleashing his running game he starts at hooker um, Raymond Faitala Mariner starting in the back row might be a bit of value also Danny Fulalo at lock um, and then uh, Aidan Tolman demoted to the bench Greg Eastwood back from a heart condition also on the pine and Jeremy Marshall King gets a run as the utility ahead of New Brown. Yeah, a lot of interest there as well. So Marshall King's presence uh, is interesting in and of itself. Um, uh, younger brother of Benji, I believe. Um, I believe you're right. Yeah, so 
Uh, he'll be interesting to watch, but he also might take some minutes off uh, Leacher and the starting team. Uh, we've spoken before about Leacher. He should improve this year. It's just a question of how much. If he plays 65 minutes a game, he'll go up a bit, but will he be that, you know, the 10-point jump that you want if you want to buy him? Uh, especially with Damon Cook looking like a great buy, I think the interest in Leacher has dropped a little bit. Um, those two cheapies in the back row for Tolo Mariner and Fulalo uh, both look pretty good if they keep their spots. So break-evens in the mid-20s. Um, there are some experienced options on the bench who could replace them later on that you mentioned. Uh, Tolman's the big one. He's played big minutes in the past in the front row. Um, uh, David Clemmer moving to, to prop from Locke has freed up one of those spots. So, yeah, new coach. You know, he could change things up down the track, but I don't mind... Certainly Fartalo Mariner, I think he's um, mm. a pretty a pretty solid bet. He's looked like he's going to have a starting spot all preseason, and he's got one. So, yeah, I like him as a kind of mid-priced cash cow. Yeah, he's the only Bulldog in my squad uh, presently because I, I did swap Leisha to Cook. Um, actually, before the Round 1 teams came out, just based off sort of trial form and what was yeah. happening. So I don't think Leisha was probably ever going to shape up for an 80-minute role. I think if it yeah. wasn't going to be Marshall King, it was going to be New Brown sure. um, taking some minutes off him. So I think he's going to score, in terms of points per minute, uh, much better than last year with some more attack and some more runs from dummy half. But um, minutes, minutes yeah. I think 60 to 65 is probably where he lands. Second, uh, so they're facing the, the storm in the second part of the double header. A um, couple of injuries around. Uh, Billy Slater and Jerome Hughes both went down during the trial. Slater back um, pretty soon, maybe as soon as round two. In the interim, Cameron Munster's the fullback with uh, Riley Jacks brought into the halves with Brody Croft. Nelson Asavasolomona starts at prop. Um, Ryan Hoffman returns to the storm after a stint at the Warriors to take essentially the Torhu Harris role in the back row. A um, couple of, it's an all forwards sort of bench lineup. Christian Welch back from an ACL after some good trial form to join regular names Tim Glasby and Kenny Bromwich. Yeah, so Sofa Solomonas starts um, in a good sign for him. The fact that there are four forwards on the bench isn't a great sign. Mm. Um, he's been great in the preseason, uh, break even in the low 30s. He's played about 35, 40 minutes a game previously. Um, he probably needs more than that to really be a value buy in fantasy unless he keeps scoring a try or two a game like he like he has been so yeah you really if you get him you really want him to just improve as a player become more destructive um, which he can do um, Cameron Munster starts fullback I understand he won't get dual position in fantasy despite that with uh, Billy Slater expected back next week he's being rested as a precaution really the Storm is saying with his uh, shoulder injury so you know Munster's still always a good buy but it's certainly going to be a half rather than a fullback you'd expect going forward. Uh, Brody Croft, a lot of love for him in fantasy. Um, he's, uh, his break-even is under, I think, all these scores from, from last season. Uh, he gets a lot of tries as well as mm. um, you know the, the good base stats that you want from a half, kick meters, tackles. Uh, looks exactly like Cooper Cronk, but scores a little better than him so far in fantasy. So not a bad buy at all when you're looking for a fairly good value half Mm. He's not going to break the bank. He is more expensive than I would have liked given how few games he's played, but he is, like you said, cheaper than what all his scores to date would indicate. And also that World Club Challenge game against Leeds I think would have been a 60-plus, if not 70-plus score if we'd been running fantasy on that one as well. So no reason he can't make some money. Um, Jesse Bromwich I think is the only Mm. Storm player who's actually in my squad at the moment. He was just... 
he was pretty bad last year in a fantasy sense, but he's still a good player. I'm, I'm hoping that was just an aberration. He's going to go back to being the, the keeper that he was previously. Yeah, so he scored 36 points a game last year, which you know is not terrible, but by his standards, he had been scoring 50, 52 a game uh, in the years before that. So um, we're not really sure why. We've kind of guessed about the strength of the Storms pack in, pre- in you know, last year especially. Could be a reason. Uh, there was some off-field stuff as well, but... Yeah, I mean, he's certainly capable of getting back to those big numbers. If he does that, he'll be an absolute bargain, really. He could jump 14 points and a lot of cash. For sure. A quick reminder that the NRL Fantasy League is sponsored by Yui. Yui customers have saved over $1 million with Yui Rewards on offers like $30 off Ticketek vouchers. Visit yui.com.au slash rewards for details. Sunday, the final day of the round, Penrith Panthers v the Parramatta Eels out at Panthers Stadium, Battle of the West. I absolutely cannot wait. For this one to kick off, let's start with the Panthers lineup because uh, Dalma Tenny's Lesniak's been named, which rules us out of a potential cheapie on the wing. Um, looking forward to seeing how Maloney and Cleary go as a halves combination. Um, William Kikau's got some attention through the preseason. He retains the spot in the starting second row. He told me the other day that he's only trained in the back row and on an edge through this preseason, so hopefully that means he's set for some increased minutes. Uh, what do you think of the Panthers? Yeah, Kikau looks like a pretty good option, presuming he holds that spot. He's got a bit of competition there. Harawira Naira on the bench and James Fisher-Harris. They really are the uh, the team of double-barreled surnames, aren't they, the Panthers? Um, but he's so cheap to kick out that if he can keep that spot, play 40, 50 minutes a game, he should make a lot of money. It's a busy position in the second row. Um, similarly, uh, more in the Jesse Bromwich category, Trent Merrin uh, at lock. Only scored 45 a game last year. Uh, he's looking fitter this year in the preseason. He didn't doesn't have the preseason injury he struggled with last year. What was it? Uh, ankle, knee? I think, I think so. Yeah. He had some injury that he says he um, he struggled to get over early in the season last year and then never fully recovered to get back to his best. So his best is very good uh, mm. fantasy wise. Um, he's been a 55 or high 50 scorer in fantasy. Break even to 45, so if you can get any of that, he'll be a very cut-price keeper. Uh, it is a big if, though. So, I don't know, you've been burned by him before, oh, from yeah, memory. Big time, <laughs> big time burn. Um, yeah, a couple of times, a couple of consecutive seasons, actually. So I'm, I'm leaning away from Merrin for that exact reason, but like you say, fit again, and he's got a lot of upside. He's a potential discount keeper, so he's certainly one to consider. Um, anyone else? I think Nathan Cleary could be one of the best halfbacks in fantasy again, although potentially with a senior 5'8", and James Maloney coming in could take a few points off him. Yeah, um, he had an interesting season last year, actually, Cleary, because it was pretty quiet early on for the first mm. six or seven weeks when the Panthers were really struggling. They tend to start every season slowly these days. The Panthers, the last three years, they lose most of their first five games and then eventually get a move on and come home strong, so... If Cleary does that again, he'll be great value mid-season. Um, you'd, you know, he, he's a more experienced player, so he should be consistent from the get-go. Heaps of kick meters, kicks goals, does everything you want for a half uh, in fantasy. Um, yeah, the other thing is, uh, if you're new to fantasy, don't make the mistake of getting the Sione C- Katoa. <laughs> I was just about to say <laughs> that. in the reserves for Penrith. It's a different Sione Katoa. There are two of them. 
Uh, you want the winger from the Sharks, not the hooker from the Panthers. Could be an expensive mistake. Um, and the Parramatta Eels, a lot to like about Parramatta uh, in a football sense this year. What are we thinking from a fantasy sense? We've got Jared Hayne coming back, yep. potentially a little bit underpriced after a sluggish year at the Titans last year. Um, Locke Nathan Brown had a breakout season last year, but he does have four forwards on the bench to contend with. Um, one of those is Brad Takarangi, who a few people were looking at as mm-hmm. a guy who could make some money moving from the centres to the pack, but it now looks like his minutes won't be enough to justify that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was one of those hoping that Takarangi was going to get a starting spot in the second row. Um, centre's a hard place to fill, and he's available in centre uh, in fantasy, but he won't be starting at least this week. Uh, you assume the pack's going to look roughly like that going forward as well. Uh, Nathan Brown, I think, is a good buy regardless of the, the pack and everything else. Um, he started off okay last season and then became a real star, scoring high 50s, around 58, I think, after the first five or six weeks. So uh, he's probably a little bit underpriced, not that he's cheap, um, but a really good uh, keeper to have in your back row if you can find space for one. Uh, Daniel Alvaro is another guy who was pretty impressive late in the season last year. He's yep. starting in the front row again this week. Uh, Hayne, I don't know about. He's been a fantasy superstar in the past. It's just a question of how many points he can score at centre. It's hard to see him unless there are an injury or two getting around mm. fullback. You know, he could theoretically play on the wing, but you expect him to stay centre all year. Yeah, I think, I mean, certainly if there's an injury to Bevan French before Clint Gutherson is back, mm. then Jared will definitely get a run yep. at fullback. And even then, potentially um, mid game, you might see a little bit of switching yep. um, with him and Bevan, um, with Bevan potentially playing on the wing for a bit and, and Jared at fullback, like they did in the trial. Yep. That was obviously just to give everyone a run, but it's not a, the worst option to, to switch up a little bit um, mid game. And like you said, centre's a hard spot to fill. So a guy with uh, Jared Haynes' fantasy pedigree. Um, who is a lot cheaper than his, his ceiling available at centre. There is some, some reasons to, to buy him, but there's also some reasons to be cautious as well. Yeah, I can't see him going backwards. At least he's playing at a very good team. Um, he struggled a little bit, certainly by his usual standards at the Titans uh, last year. So he's not a terrible option, um, even if you know people aren't as big a fan of him as they as he used to be. Um, but yeah, he's not on my side yet. Uh, I think he's dual position as well, I assume. So... Uh, yeah, but the guys I'm looking at are probably Brown, considered Alvaro, but there's a few of those mid-price mm. front row options in the running this season. Mm. Cam King with no utilities on the bench yeah. to, to increase his minutes. He'll play 80 minutes, you'd expect. Um, he did that a fair bit last year as well. He's not in that top bracket of the, yeah. the Cameron Smiths and uh, Damien Cooks, and there's only so many hookers you can fit in your squad. There's yeah. a lot of them that are, look good value this season. Yeah, and we're about to talk about a couple of them in the next game. The the Titans be the Canberra Raiders round us out on Sunday night at Seabus Super Stadium. We'll start off with the Titans. Um, Michael Gordon joins the team as fullback and likely goal kicker. Philip Sammy and Anthony Don, surprise wing combination. I thought Don was going to miss the early rounds yeah. with his shoulder, but he sounds like he's ready to go. Um, Sammy is in front of Tyrone Roberts-Davis. Um, Brinko Lee, not in the team. I think he might be injured at the moment as well. Yep, he is. Um, Jai Arrow starts a prop, which we weren't expecting, so that'll net him uh, dual position functionality uh, when the next update comes out on Wednesday night. Um, bear in mind, Jared Wallace is back in round three from a suspension that he picked up at the end of last season. Um, Bryce Cartwright is probably the name that everyone's been talking about the most. He's going to play a roving lock role. Um, former fantasy gun Ryan James moves to an edge, which I'm not sure will do that 
what that will do for his scores. Um, so much to talk about the Titans. Have you got any of these guys? What are you thinking? Yeah, I do. So I've got Cartwright, like most people, um, break even of 22. He'll play big minutes. He'll be a go-to man in attack. Um, even if he has a mediocre year, he should score at least 30 points a game, you would, yeah. you would think, unless he's a complete disaster. But he could, he could score upwards of 40, 45. Um, yeah, Arrow and Latu are the new front row pairing. They've both got fantasy break-evens in the 20s. Latu's is pretty low, 22. Um, but as you said, one of them will drop out when Jared Wallace comes back. So uh, which one? I, I'm guessing Latu is probably more of an impact guy off the bench. Mm. Arrow's potentially a big minute player. I mean, he's he has been primarily a lock, um, but with Cartwright there, he won't play lock. So I would guess Arrow will keep a starting spot. I don't know. It might depend on how how they both go with Wallace out in the early rounds. Um, so yeah, Arrow and Cartwright are the guys I'm looking at now. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah, Ryan mm. James was awesome a couple of years ago. Uh, second row, he'll play big minutes, but he probably won't have the uh, work rate he usually mm. does. In the uh, in the front row, where he makes, makes lots of tackles, gets the odd try. Mm. Your thoughts? Yeah, Cartwright's certainly the the option here. He was I was pretty lukewarm on him when he was still at Penrith, yeah. coming off a really poor season probably only looking at a bench role and then probably playing on an edge back row where he's pinned to one edge. When he was really good in 2016, he was playing 5'8", but he was able to play both sides of the field and sort of play what he saw in front of him. And he was getting a lot of offloads and a lot of sort of attacking impact. And if he is going to play this roving lock type role, that frees him up to do that. Um, I think missed tackles have been a big problem for him because he does struggle to defend on an edge. If he defends in the middle, he is a big body and I don't think he's going to have all that. Um, He was getting shown up by some really fast halves and centers in the past where he'd sort of be left clutching at air and he'd rack up the missed tackles but I think defending in the middle and getting a bit of help from the the big boys around him I don't think those missed tackles are going to be as much of an issue this year as well Um, if he gets 50 to 60 minutes I think there's huge upside there definitely yeah all right, we'll move on to the last team, the Canberra Raiders. Bit of a shock from coach Ricky Stewart. He, he's bumped uh, Blake Austin back to the bench as a utility with uh, with Sam Williams to get the starting halfback spot and Aiden Caesar playing in the six. Silva Havili gets the starting hooker role with uh, Craig Garvey not anywhere in the 17. Um, fair bit to talk about here as well. Have you got any of these guys? Yeah, so Havili's still in my squad at the moment. But yeah, we, we mentioned a few question marks about him uh, last week in the Hookers podcast, and I think there are even more now with uh, Austin, the bench guy. So who knows? He could come on and play in the halves, and Caesar moves to the hooker, moves to yeah to hooker, or Austin could play hooker, or who knows? Garvey's still there, so um, yeah, Garvey's in the reserves this week. Um, but you know he's fit. If the Raiders struggle there, they could change things up in a week or two. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean Havili's so cheap that there's no huge risk assuming he plays 45 Mm. minutes, uh, it's really just about the points. Do you get at least 25 points out of him, which is what you need? Mm. I think those of us who have been playing fantasy for a while will remember Havili not being a particularly exciting fantasy option when he has got decent minutes in the past. He's not a guy who racks up a lot of tackles and he gets very few attacking stats. He looked quite good in the World Cup for Tonga and maybe this will be his breakout year and he will be a good option but I can't see him getting more than that 45-50 minutes and I can't see him getting enough points in that time to really make a lot of cash so I'm considering phasing him out of my squad altogether um, Craig Garvey like you mentioned he is someone who two years ago racked up a lot yep. of points really quickly at the Bulldogs through mountains of tackles but he's um his attacking play wasn't great. His service out of dummy half wasn't 
particularly crisp, and I think that's why he's struggled for an NRL start since. Um, that's probably why he's down the pecking order at Canberra. Um, do we like anyone else? You know, Jared Croker's probably a little bit underpriced given his peak output, but if we're not tipping Canberra to score mountains of points this year, then he won't get the goals that he needs to be a, a gun premium keeper. Yeah, he's a bit underpriced. Two other guys that are, have been fantasy guns in the past that look underpriced are Leilua, his centre partner, um, break-even of 33 after being mediocre last year. Elliot Whitehead as well, yeah. he's going to start at lock. Uh, averaged 41 last year, so... Both those guys have scored 10 points a game better than that in previous years. Um, it really just depends on how the Raiders perform in general. So they've, when they have a great season, all these guys score well. Seasons like last year where they missed the eight, they score reasonably poorly. So if they can bounce back, those guys can do well. But as you said, with no Hodgson at hooker, you know, will that happen? Yeah, so much to mull over between now and when the round starts. I'm sure I'll be making a million more changes to my team. Brings us to the end of the uh, the podcast. Thanks again to, to Yui for sponsoring us. Um, we'll be back next week to, to delve through all the round one action, all the, um, the talking points, the injuries. I'm Chris Kennedy. Don Brock was with me. Thank you again for joining us.